can businesses use video and social media to communicate their health and safety stuff within the business? Well, I'm a massive advocate of video and podcasts. You know that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. But can we do more with that? Let's find out in this conversation. Let's go. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Resplitment. What's up peeps, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is doing exactly what what it says on the tin. We are changing the perception of health and safety. We are challenging health and safety gone mad. And we do that on the podcast, we do that on the YouTube channel. So in today's conversation, we're talking with a geezer that's done it all when it comes to video and film, done it all. And now he's shifted and pivoted over to helping businesses and doing YouTube channels and stuff like that. And how did I spot him? Well, as you know, I'm quite prominent on LinkedIn. I'm on there quite a lot. And I spotted this guy kept coming up saying, you should be doing video for health and safety. I can help you do videos for health and safety. And I'm like, whoa, dude, back up. I've got the monopoly on YouTube videos for health and safety. Come on, move on. That's what I would have said if I wasn't so collaborative. But instead, I dropped him a message and said, yo, dude, let's chat about this. I want to know more. You're obviously a video expert and I'm extremely intimidated by your knowledge of videos and my distinct lack of knowledge of videos. <laughs> and we had a chat long and hard about social media and videos and kind of using that to communicate messages throughout your business, whether it's just health and safety or anything else, but focusing on some of the skills that people use to build their own little businesses on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and how can we bring them into our businesses and we talk about video and we talk about different styles of video and you can go and watch some of Mark's stuff. I've done it again haven't I? I always do that. Today's guest is Mark Knight. I do that. You can go check out some of his stuff and there's like I just really like his kind of styles and he likes to play around with stuff and try and make it a bit more innovative and we talk about the relationship between say me and people like you as clients that are employing a videographer or or a filmographer or whatever you call these people um, and how we kind of get that collaborative relationship because it's really difficult I've, I've done that a few times and I never I never really managed to get the outcome that I imagined um, so how do we do that and 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 um, it's a real challenge I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you if you've ever kind of engaged with a company that does video and stuff before it's really hard and if you're anything like me and you follow like these video companies on LinkedIn you'll see there's this ongoing joke about you know what the client expects and what the client wants to pay but I find most of the time the biggest breakdown is communication being clear what we want and, and how we're gonna get that and then vice versa as to how much is that's gonna cost etc etc but in this conversation, we pretty much know all of that. So hopefully you will walk away with something you've learned from this and you'll look at video and podcasting and etc. as in a new light to be able to utilize that within your business. So let's jump into the conversation with Mark Knight, pretty much a video expert and legend. Let's go. Just a quick note to say that this episode is split over two. We decided to do that in the post-edit stage. Um, the reason for that being, um, 
the, the imminent birth of a child is like three days overdue when you listen to this episode. No, it'd be five days overdue. It'd be like a week overdue. So we're trying to build ourselves up some capacity um, by elongating these episodes over two weeks. So it gives us a little bit of leeway to be able to spend some time with the baby when it gets here and also gives us some time to get ready the awesome mini series that is coming up. Do mm. you have to wait and see for that? Anyway, I'll let you get into this episode. Mark? Welcome to the podcast. Can you hear me? <laughs> That's a great yeah, start. You're a little bit deep. Yeah, you're a little bit deep, but um, yeah, we'll muddle through, eh? Yeah, let's just crack on. I've, I've, I've told my wife to come off the TV, so hopefully that'll stop chewing up the Wi-Fi. Everything else is off the Wi-Fi. So fingers crossed. We might we might do all right, but I don't know about you, but my Wi-Fi, my Wi-Fi is taking an absolute bashing over this period of, of being work from home. Yeah, it's been uh, a big drain on all resources, isn't it, really? I mean, uh, yeah, you've got the kids on the tech and uh, wives working from home as well. So, yeah, everybody's chewing up that bandwidth. Mm, yeah, it's taken a massive whack, mine has. Uh, I got given a couple, a neat trick uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. I was being interviewed on the, like this live show. Um, and um, we were talking about video, actually, similarly to what we're going to talk about today. Um, but we were on this and, and I literally joined the call and uh, there was a guy in the background sorting out the live stream. And he was just like, yeah, your bandwidth is terrible. This is not going to work. And I was just like, oh, no. So I had like this nice little setup that we've got now, like sitting in the studio. And I had to rip everything out, take my mic and my, my laptop downstairs right next to the router. And, um, and he said, just try, turn it off and leave it for like a couple of minutes. And then that kind of clears the cache or something like that, um, which made a massive difference. And I'm doing that like every night now. So there's a top tip for you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll be <laughs> sure to use it. <laughs> anyway, let's stop waffling on. Why don't you give us a, a quick introduction to you, to yourself, Mark, and then we're going to chat about essentially like the power of video. Yeah. Um, so I'm a filmmaker. I've been a filmmaker for about 20 years now. Um, I went to university to study film, and then I came out and went into the traditional uh path that most people take where you go to London and you work as a runner and uh, and learn all the different uh, careers and professions and then you hopefully choose one and uh, I always wanted to be a director I always wanted to be a film director and uh, basically over the years I've worked across advertising uh, corporate film a little bit of TV here and there and yeah and it's got point now where I've recently come out of owning a com uh, communications company which specialised in creating uh, behavioural type training for big companies and quite often that was a lot of health and safety stuff. Um, and then for the last two years I've been doing it sort of freelance for my own that's just started up because I've sort of leaned more into creating content for social platforms. So. I spent a long time figuring out how to do that effectively, uh, working on my own channels, working with a couple of fledging companies. And basically I've got an idea that 
the way people create video these days is effective. And I think there's a lot better way of doing it that will give the end consumer of that video a lot more value. And it will also give that consumer's audience a lot more value as well. Mm. That sum it up for you? <laughs> yeah, that'll do, mate. That'll do. Uh, <laughs> just enough. <laughs> it's uh, You can imagine my... Um, so so when, when Rebranded Safety started, we were just a, a podcast and then... Um, we started with with the aim of always going onto YouTube and doing some kind of we call them toolbox Tuesdays, so little short videos or how tos and tips and tricks. And when I started, I pretty much had the monopoly, if I'm honest, or the of YouTube kind of that style anyway of of YouTube health and safety videos. There were a lot of uh, health and safety videos out there, but it was normally just a guy in a shirt and a tie sitting at the top of some high-rise building just waffling on and it was boring so i was very happy for about maybe about six to seven months because i had this lovely monopoly and all of a sudden a guy called mark knight starts popping up on my on my linkedin feed with these really good little videos and i'm like oh hello talking about health and safety and i'm like oh okay let's check out this guy oh no turns out he actually knows what he's doing he's not just this this kind of guy like me who bought a camera and and gone on a shed load of youtube tutorials so i thought i ever gonna fight him or or, or invite him on the podcast i thought there's no way i'm going to compete with this guy <laughs> what, what kind of um your, your kind of message in those videos were and correct me if i'm wrong but like businesses should be using video for health and safety which i thought was interesting um what what kind of made you you, you touched on that you you've you worked with health and safety a couple of times but what made you think hang on a minute there, there's a niche here or, or there's a need for something you could provide yeah i mean as i said i, I used to own a company where we used to deal with a lot of uh, big businesses that were spending money on health and safety communications using video and i used to work on projects that were expensive um and we used to make a health and safety job i would always see it as i'm not really making it for a health and safety audience i want to make a video that i'd watch even if i wasn't even interested in health and safety so I used it as almost film school. So people were paying me to make video for them. But what I was doing is I was trying out a load of techniques. So that would be documentary, that would be fictional drama type stuff. It would be using animation. And we were fairly successful with it, considering we were based in Huddersfield. So we were only five. And all the big boys in the corporate world, they're all London-based, all got big headquarters and they all get big budgets to work on their films. What we sort of did is went, okay, we won't charge you as much because we can do it a lot more lo-fi, mainly because I could afford to do a lot of roles on a job. So I would write the script, I would... Uh, do all the production on it, getting it all sorted out. I do the casting, I do like the directing on then into the editing. So I would take up a lot of job roles on a production, which meant that the cost of it was a lot more uh, controllable. We could do bigger, not as much money, but still you're looking at someone spending like 30,000 pounds on one piece of video for a health and safety initiative. 
So £30,000 is a lot of money. And more often than not, with health and safety, what I was seeing is that quite often the project wouldn't be as successful as it needed to be. A, it wouldn't sometimes just sit on a shelf because the initiative just didn't have any momentum behind it. So you'd spend months and months working on a production and then someone would lose their job in the business and the, the whole thing would fall apart and no one would ever see all this work that you put into something. So I basically fell out of, of creating corporate video that way. It just became uh, political, it became battling, it just became a little bit awkward. So. When I stepped away from the corporate world as such, I started focusing on how to make video cheaply that is more valuable for the end consumer. So it's all about creating volume of content because video is a form of communication that isn't just a one-shot deal. Hey, you still there? Yeah, but I've noticed that the screen is frozen on me pulling a very strange face. That's a great yeah. picture, isn't it? Very pensive. I just hit the I hit the mic and I was like oh and I looked at the screen and it was frozen on it I don't know what's going on yeah there's plenty of thought bubble captions you could make with that oh so many I think I know what's going on give me one second sorry right can you see me I can see you yes right all better yeah my uh my camera had full battery when I turned this on and then all of a sudden it was flashing saying dead battery so that's what happened and whilst doing it my desk started to fall apart what no a, what a great session this is this me in the beginning saying how we've we've got this lovely little setup and it just went to shit celebi <laughs> <laughs> oh right what were you saying so, so yeah but i uh, used to create big budget like yeah, health right. and safety um, pieces of work using video and what you get with a health and safety piece of work is that you've invested a large amount of money in creating one piece of communication and you're expecting everything to work and go perfectly with that one piece of video that's going to talk to everyone it's going to solve all the problems and it's like that's just an impossibility you can't create one piece of video that talks to everyone and covers all the talking points that you need to. It needs to be the start of a discussion. So a discussion is something that is two ways. So what you do is when you're communicating using video, you need to rely on volume of content because what you're doing with one piece of content won't appeal to a certain segment of your audience and then they'll probably say something about it and go well why weren't we featured in that film you go okay well next time we do this on you and oh it's your issue over here and you need to just be make it more inclusive for everyone and you can do that quite easily if you understand how social media platforms work using video so what i've learned is that creating core pieces of content full of detail and, and tell us are brilliant for YouTube. And if you get that so that you can put out regular content on YouTube, you build an audience there. And what you're doing is you're giving value away. You're giving away knowledge, you're giving away expertise that people can buy into. Then off the back of those core pieces of content, you can create smaller uh, by video that 
60 seconds that are formatted for the other social media platforms. So square frames for LinkedIn and uh, vertical frames for TikTok or uh, Instagram. So once you start getting mindset that when you're going out to make video, you're not making one piece of video, what it is you're starting on a production line that allows you to put out lots of bits of content and constantly engage your audience and constantly introduce new ideas and constantly update people for how things are changing. And when I got that into my head, I was like, well, not many people are doing it like that. Seriously in health and safety, why don't I try and attack the health and safety market and try and give away what I know for free and hopefully educate people into how they could just spend their money more wisely when they're paying for health and safety video and make those communications more effective so ultimately create an environment in businesses. So that was my idea with it. Um, yeah, that's sort of where I've ended up, but then that all sort of stopped a little bit when the COVID kicked in because it just didn't feel right to be trying to push an agenda on it. But I think now that people are coming out of it, what I was proposing prior to COVID is even more relevant now mm. because everybody's business will now have changed. There is a health and safety element to that for every business. And it changes literally every day with the prime minister's uh, speeches. So if you wanted to have an effective health and safety uh, communication strategy, you would have someone who's making little bits of video for you that you were putting out to your audience in the places where they get their news from. So yeah, that sort of was where I was coming from when I started on the health and safety angle. No, I think, I think it's spot on me. And I, I kind of wholeheartedly agree with pretty much everything you're saying there, because I think we need to, we seem to have this kind of, um, this kind of filter that we walk through when we go into the workplace. So, you know, at home, if you start a business yourself, you're thinking, you look on, you look on YouTube, you go, whatever, you, you read all the books and everyone's saying, you know, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, create videos and or, or break those YouTube videos up and put them onto, uh, you know, all the social media platforms, like you're saying, you know, this is just good marketing. But essentially, if you're trying to disseminate a message, it's a great way to do that. It's exactly the same. But when we go into work, we seem to walk through this filter and be like, right, we're in, uh, we're in work mode now, so we can only communicate face-to-face in a meeting or via email. That's it. We can't do it any other way. And it's it's fascinating when, you know, sometimes I talk to businesses and people ring me up and I'm just like, I'm a massive advocate advocate for pod- podcasting. I just think, well, you know, why don't you have a podcast? And they're like, we can't have a podcast. Of course you can. Of course you can. Yeah. Anyone could do it. You could do it. You can do it internally. And have it just so that your staff, if you want to, but hey, why don't you do it on an external platform and it becomes a, an advert for your business just as much as it is a way to disseminate information to your to your colleagues. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a there's a kind of comms and information, I don't know, data protection kind of line there, which you have to be quite clever in how you approach that. But I just think a little bit of imagination around this stuff um, and connecting those two worlds of I don't know, like home life or, or, or kind of small, medium-sized business life to corporate businesses, it works. Absolutely. I mean, um, 
people's attitudes towards YouTube, I think, in the corporate world, is very much that YouTube is looked down on. If you say mm. YouTube to someone, they're like, oh, that's where the cat videos live, or that's what <laughs> gamers are on. It's just like, admittedly, that is true, but essentially how you need to view YouTube is that it's like having your own TV station. Yeah, exactly. So if you are, it, I mean, I was in a meeting best part of 10 years ago where a big energy company that we were talking to were like, well, we want to start a TV station. And it's like, well, why do you want to do that? Well, it's we want to talk about our business. We want to educate all our employees. We want to make sure that everyone does stuff. Um, companies are doing it now with their own radio stations. My wife currently works in insurance and every two weeks they run a radio program. No. It's very easy to turn that into a podcast, which is then based more on giving information away. And it's not hard selling. What it's doing is it's giving away things that a certain group of your audience will find interesting. Like people who work in health and safety in a large business, for example, would tune in to listen to uh, who's just happening in the business in regards to health and safety. That probably won't apply to other segments of the business that might see health and safety rarely. So people who work in an office space rather than out on site or whatever. But if you then created other pieces of them that were uh, aimed at bringing those people into the fold, then you're just creating programming for different people. So a TV station has daytime schedule schedule then it has schedules which is game shows and whatever to apply to a certain audience and then in the evenings you've got your hardcore drama or your documentary because you're talking to different audiences at different times that's how you need to think about your communications within a business especially a large business i think um for smaller business it then becomes more around a marketing tool where how you're sharing your business with a wider uh, audience and just saying, well, this is how we do things. This is what separates us from our competition. This is the value that we give our customers. There's so many elements to it that you can, it's almost like being a puppeteer. Once you get the idea that you create content and often concentrate more content, you then start to pull it in different ways, depending on what your business goals are. So for small businesses, it's about generating income more. For larger businesses, you've then got the problem of how do you speak to your employees? So each, this strategy works for all of those different objectives, really. No, again, yeah, I completely agree. I think, I think we're just going to spend the next like hour just agreeing with each other, I think, which, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, like when I first started um, putting this stuff out on uh, LinkedIn, you popped up as well. And I was like, oh, there is someone here who's doing this. And <laughs> like, what you've done over the last six nine months you're really ramping it up and you're trying to build something and you're documenting that that's the same sort of attitude that someone who works in a big health and safety uh, position at a company should be doing it's like i'm trying to create something here i'm trying to create a culture what better way to get people to buy into the i'm trying to create than documenting it and talking about the challenges and talking about the wins and talking about uh, changes industry that might not be specifically related to your area of expertise but has an element of interest that crosses the boundaries mm. yeah definitely
we interrupt this broadcast to bring you a shameless sponsorship clip. In all seriousness, guys, we've partnered up with DRM Group. You know David McLean, he's been on the podcast time and time again. We absolutely support his message and he's got a brand new online course to help you. I'm gonna let him tell you all about it now. The brain can be trained to think and behave differently, to think in more positive and optimistic ways. And there are steps that you can take to train your brain to feel good for good. And we call this lasting positive change. Through our 16-day programme, which includes daily videos and action sheets, taking you no longer than 15 minutes to complete a day. You will learn how to move away from thoughts of anger, hopelessness and frustration to a place of mental well-being and positivity. Okay guys, so if you're interested, you can click the link below and get a discount, special rebranded safety discount, full disclosure, we get a little bit kickback from that. So at the same time as improving your mental health, you can support your favorite health and safety podcast and YouTube channel. I'll let you get back into the content. What you kind of said earlier about YouTube being looked down on, I think I, I can directly agree agree with you. I think in the first, we've been going a year now on YouTube, about two years with the podcast, give or take. And um, and in the first year, it was sl slow, like really slow. And I think, to be honest, I think most YouTube channels are probably really slow and then their momentum starts to pick up. But like, I wouldn't say we ever really got hate or anything, but it's interesting when, say, a great example is talking to recruiters. Uh, you know, I'm talking to recruiters, you know, trying to get myself a new day job, for example. And all of those recruiters are not, I wouldn't say they're critical, but they're not as kind of positive about it as I thought they would be. I think when I first started, I was going to be, I was like, do you know what? I nail a job tomorrow. Because they'll be like, look at all this stuff he's doing on YouTube. This is innovative. This is this podcast. Look at all this one. This is exactly what we need. Nah, not not a thing. Like it was just, in, and even in a couple of times, people were just like, we don't really, we think that that's that's effective. Uh, sorry, we think that's a negative to our brand and stuff like that. And I'm just like, wow, wow, that's interesting. And now I look back on it, and like you know, just this morning I had a check of how many subscribers it were, and we're like. 330 now which is just crazy and i'm just like you know something's right we're building a little community or a tribe as they call it in the youtube community it's like we're building a tribe of people that that resonate with stuff they want this stuff and i think well how do we put that into business and i think that's where people struggle is that transition of putting it into business why would we have that kind of thing in our in our workplace and I think about so many businesses that are national businesses and the head office is in London or the head office is up north or, or wherever in one of the metropolitan cities. There's always a divide in every business I've worked in. There's always a divide between head office is kind of this ivory tower on its own and the rest of the business is the reality. And all the messages that come out of our head office never fit or suit the reality. Where I think video and podcast comes, it gives you that little bit of authenticity, but also you got people on the road and you're sending them email all day and they don't get home until half five, six o'clock. They're not going to want to sit there and read an email and, and, and they might miss those important emails. For me as a safety team, I'm like, it's a really important information about coronavirus is a great example that you brought up a minute ago. You know, Boris Johnson did an update yesterday. These are the key points and this is what, how we're reacting within a business. They probably won't read that email. Why? Because they've got about 300, 600, God knows how many emails. They get home and they just think, I'm not going to do that. But if 
for some reason they got a notification on their phone that says the safety team have published a three minute video they would probably watch that whilst they sit there and drink a cup of tea it just makes sense yeah, to me yeah i mean um it is a difficult one because youtube is looked down on in terms of the film industry so to speak so there's always been a hierarchy in how films are created so at the top you've got cinema people that make cinema everyone knows who they are then you've got tv and then probably similarly you've got advertising and then music videos used to be and then it would be corporate that was looked down on as being quite poor because quite often it was just very um not there wasn't a lot of creativity that has changed there are people who make wonderful corporate films but as a genre altogether it's kind of like ugh. and youtube sits beneath that whereas yeah, yeah. if you create a, a video for someone and it was interesting like you you're talking about divides there have you got an example of that like how oh. companies are divided i mean because i worked on a project for a big company that was a health and safety project when i was first proposing how to make this type of content and what it relies on is just a level on and authenticity I think scares businesses because if you are being open and honest about your troubles, problems that you've got, you, you have to own it because if you try and hide it, that's just not, you're sort of sweeping issues under the carpet. For example, I went and filmed a health and safety job for a big energy provider and I put the edit into them, and then they came back and went, oh, you can't have that sign, that image of that sign that's up in the lobby, because it's not right. And it's like, well, it was there. I filmed it, mm. so it's part of the story. If you now have a problem with the image being in there, why don't you own that and then go, right, we're gonna change that uh, branding, and we're gonna make a video and tell people why we're changing it and what to look out for and why we've done this thing rather than just going oh we can't have that in because it doesn't fit inside brand it mm. just it's almost like counterproductive you kind of got to go we're gonna be open and honest about what we're trying to do and then we're going to deal with the challenges that come up in an open and honest way and let people have their opinion on it it doesn't listen to and implement everyone's ideas is that we will listen and make up judgments and make plans based on hearing other people's rather than just going, oh, we can't have that. It's like when you're shooting things and people, you film someone and they haven't got their PPE and they go, oh, you can't use that shot. So-and-so hasn't got his ear protection on in that shot. And it's like, <laughs> well, if that's a problem, then you should probably make a communication which is explaining to those employees that think that that's okay, why it isn't okay. Mm. And it's just doing things like that. And once you adopt that mindset, it then means that creating content is just so much easier. You really have to magic something up out on a blank piece of paper because all the issues are just there. All you're doing is just talking about them and documenting them, which is mm. another element of where video action now isn't, it doesn't give a good value for the money that people are spending because when you create a video, quite often the starting point is, all right, we'll do a lot of research and then we'll write a script for what we're going to create. So we, we need to get all stuff in and we need to then use that as a template 
for how we're going to edit it. I don't think that's necessarily a good uh, way to spend money on people's time because what you need to do, of course you need to do your research, know what you're doing when you're turning up, you need to have a general idea. But being so like, oh, we need to get this shot and we need it to be this, I don't do that anymore because you, you should literally just turn up, film what happens and then tell the story of what happened on that day afterwards in the edit. And that's where being proficient at editing becomes a real skill because you're almost retroactively telling the story of the day, but you're doing it in such an honest way that it doesn't really matter what happened on the day because that is what it is. So if it didn't go particularly well, brilliant. Use it as a stepping stone to then say something else. It's mm. just constantly getting that uh, on a hamster wheel. We need content, content. We need to engage. We need to put things on different platforms. We need to speak to people in different way to find out what works. And then once you start experimenting and testing, you can then go, well, that campaign was really successful. We've got a lot of engagement with it. Follow up on that. If you do something and it doesn't work, it didn't work, because you're not spending as much money as you were previously on creating one piece of video, you can just chalk it off and just go, that experiment didn't work there. Maybe it didn't work, but then move on. So yeah, it's, it's, not, it's all about not putting all your eggs in one basket, but just being able to see video as, I think it's a necessity. Not using video in your business, you're behind the times because in most, uh, demanded medium for communication and it's by far the most effective medium. You can say more in a minute of video than you can in uh, reams and reams of e emails or uh, essays or whatever you like but if you've got someone who then understands how to create effective video the, the possibilities are limitless really. Yeah def definitely I think I think there's 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 got to be a change in the way we look at things, the way we look at corporate video. I think that that's what we need is, is, is we need those corporate businesses, boardrooms, whoever the, whoever's approaching these videos to, to look at or, or have a different, yeah, look at it differently. Like, like I think when, you know, I've, I've made, I make my own videos obviously, which are my own style, but I've been involved in businesses where we make those internal corporate videos where, uh, essentially, I don't know if you took in your world, I would have probably been the producer. Um, and then, the and then the, um, we hired like a camera and video filmmaking company to come in. We paid for a director. We paid for all the equipment and a cameraman essentially. And obviously post edit. Um, and the way we we wanted to approach this was really relaxed kind of essentially how i pitched it was kind of more like a vlog than it was a corporate video it was essentially i i, I pitched it to say hey i'll just bring my camera and we'll, we'll, we'll just walk around with a couple of people and we'll just essentially just do like what show what i would do when i'm checking a business and within that when i'm checking a property or something or a, or a service or whatever you know, and, and those little snippets of, right, I'm just going to, I don't know, for example, look at a fire extinguisher. And in that snippet is how to check a fire extinguisher. So it's going to be extremely relaxed. What we ended up being produced was extremely formal, extremely formal. And we paid a lot of money for it. And it was just, 
essentially me standing in front of a camera going hi welcome to this video here we're talking about fire exit and i was drained i didn't want to do it because i had i'd lost all my motivation i was like no one's going to want to watch this and it was so kind of it, it was so wrong in so many different ways I mean, there was so much wrong with that but i just thought the people that are watching this are going to look at it in one way it's just another corporate communication that really doesn't fit the reality of life, which is fast paced, which is I haven't got time to do this stuff. I need it quick. I need it easy. And instead, we just made these kind of vague, short and boring videos. Yeah, I mean, the formats changed massively and the way you create the content, I believe, needs to change massively. So corporate videos where you've got um an interviewer with a camera and the interviewee looks off the camera like this and talks to someone that just can't happen anymore yeah. you, you need to be looking in the camera like this you need to be talking to your audience you need to be addressing them because that's who is watching it doesn't they don't care about you what looking off to the side of camera to someone being interviewed to me that is just like a big no-no these days it mm. totally breaks down my ability to connect with other people and it's just not authentic and the same goes for if like quite a lot of things in health and safety start with uh site inductions so site inductions are normally someone they that doesn't work there will do a very dry voiceover with a very cheap uh musical track accompanying it <laughs> with some shots of what the building looks like a much more uh, engaging way to do that would be to actually show what it's like for someone to turn up on site. So what do you do when you reach the front gate? Where do you park? Why do you park reverse park? What, what rules do you have to follow? What, do you have to do um, a site induction? Do you have to have specialist equipment? Do you have uh, just knowing where the toilets are and things mm. like that? But you can do it in a very naturalist way. It was almost like a tour. So you have been taking on a guided tour by someone who is part of the and uh, understands how the business works. And then you're sort of meeting the characters that you will be interacting with when you're working there. And it's just mm. a lot more valuable and a lot more engaging and thought provoking and probably more memorable because as soon as you sit down and watch a film that is very like traditional and it's very dry and you've got that voiceover and it's just you need to go to this point when this bell rings and all that type of stuff you're pretty much just on cruise control you just get to end whereas if you put a bit of vibrancy into it and a bit of a immediacy with it being oh i've seen that guy he was in that film that i've just watched Mm. That would be a lot more, it create a better community people that work there, I believe. And that's, that's how you start. And once you start on that journey of thinking, we're not creating here, we're just documenting who we are, that then opens up avenues of creativity and creating video in different ways that people haven't seen before. Ultimately, that's the best way to bring a new audience. I'm creating pieces of video that are different from anyone else or different mm. from anyone else in our sector. So uh, I think someone who is running a health and safety department and has a communications budget, they should be thinking about creating video content on a consistent basis that gives value away for free, not just for their internal audience, 
but also for their external audience. So once you start doing that, you're improving the culture of your business, you're improving your brand in the marketplace, and you're setting yourself up as someone who's saying, we're market leaders in this, we're gonna go right, this is where we're going now, we want the best safety culture, right, let's do it. And there, there won't always be wins, there will be losses, but as anyone who watches any sort of self-help nonsense on YouTube will know, Failure is the only way to success. You don't immediately get to success. You have to fail many, many, many times. This, uh, I, th I thoroughly believe that. No, I agree with you. How, how much do you think all of all of this stuff, like, you know, those kind of ideas you're, you're coming up, to be honest, I was just like, what, that induction thing is a great idea. I'm sitting there thinking next time, you know, just strap a GoPro to the new guy's head, you know, and that's it. Just right now, just induct the guy. Like boom, you've got yourself a you've got yourself a, an induction video. Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed that conversation. That was part one of our conversation with Mark Knight. Stay tuned next week for part two of that conversation where we finish off talking about how to utilize social media and video and all of those bits and bobs to improve dissemination of your messages throughout the business, to improve your communication. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, why don't you do us a favor and go buy some merch on www.rebrandingsafety.com. It's cool as shit, it looks wicked, it, it supports us. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsors, DRM, for all your mental well-being needs. Check out their online course. You can get yourself a discount using the link in the description below. Go check out SafePoint as well for some cool-ass technology solving all the problems in loan work. And you can use the code Rebound and Safety and use the link below in the description to get yourself a discount. So go check them out. Otherwise, I'll catch you next week in part two of our conversation with Mark Knight. Safe.